we try to in in a, in a ultimately an offended world, an easily offended world, we try not to offend. But there's a limit to what we could say that inhibits us to to get to the truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, Aaron, you need to hear the truth, dude. Suck it up. Stay in school. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 110. Seems like we just mean you just did episode 100. This is Bernie Calcope, my guest today. And he's been guest many times. Many times. We were just talking before we started recording. We we're talking about how this this podcast is really built where it's completely off the cuff, no preparation, no question preparation, no notes, and and so we're we're left to answer on the spot, which is tough. Yeah, because you you have to just think of your answer right now, and you can't let you can't sit there and research it or think about it or look at notes and. So that leads to me, sometimes I'll just be midway through the day of a podcast and (laughs) several hours later after I record and I'll go, oh, I should have said that. That would have been great. That would have been a way better answer than the stupid answer. Oh, why did I I, say that? Yeah, that was stupid. (laughs) Uh, So that brings up the format of what this podcast is. This podcast, we answer your questions. You email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. It could be about any subject. doesn't matter what it is. We're going to walk through it as if we are sitting around a campfire or sitting in a pickup truck or sitting in a deer stand, you name it. Uh, sitting at a cafe having coffee, and we're going to answer the question that you have on your mind as if, not as therapist or psychiatrist or preachers or priest, but as your friends wanting to give you the best advice from an open heart yep. that we can give you. That's the format of this podcast. We're not always right, but we're going to tell tell it to you as if Bernie you're himself. A called, you're yeah, like, you're, you're a buddy. You're in the group. Yeah, you're yeah. you're one of the wolf pack diamond dogs. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna bring it to you straight. We ain't gonna sugarcoat it. Yeah. So we the, may be wrong, but we're not gonna be indecisive. Yeah. We're not gonna let too much space go by because it's a podcast and it sounds weird to be quiet. <laughs> so the first one, the, the subject line is advice. It says, Hey Granger, I'm 16 years old. I have a full-time job as a farmer. I've got an amazing girlfriend. I live in Mexico. And I want to get married in around a year and a half. I want to make more money than just my salary. What advice would you give me? Parentheses, getting married is expensive. If you ever go to Mexico, it would be an honor to show you around the beautiful mountains that we have here in Mexico, Durango, Nueva Adial. Thanks. That's it. This comes from Victor. Listos. Vamos. Yeah. So, um, Victor, the first thing I would say is, in advice, is... I think 17 and a half years old is too young to get married. He's 16. He's got a great girlfriend. He wants to wait a year well, and a half. First of all, he's 16, got a full-time job. Like, mm-hmm. Is that a thing like these days? I um, guess if, if you're like homeschool and then you just work and maybe it's a different like family thing. Yeah, you're you're saying because because where is school in the equation? That's right. what you're saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, full-time job. Maybe he either were wrong um, and he didn't mean full time job. He meant he's got he works as max hours as he can with school, right? Or we're wrong. He's not in school at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
he's got an amazing girlfriend. Congratulations. And he's says getting married is expensive, relatively speaking. That depends on what your ceremony is. It depends on how you, I mean, you could have a cheap wedding at the courthouse or a cheap wedding um, in your backyard. Yeah. What's his, what's his name? Victor. All right, Victor, get in here, buddy. We're going to talk about this. Dude, love your girl. That's awesome. You, you got this great girl. Um, bro, you're 16. And so enjoy, Grizz has said this to you a lot. Enjoy being 16. Don't be in such a hurry to kind of like grow up and work and get married. And if if you found this girl, I think that that's great. Um, I think there's some uh, development maybe that still needs to happen and like go through some things. I know this is kind of like, uh, you know goes against what we've said before about like, don't date for seven years. Yeah. You know, like once you realize that they're the one, but when they're 16, it's almost like, well, you need to go through some things together and like, you know, but I mean, other people have gotten married 17, 18 and they've been fine. So I don't stupid know. question, I don't but know. are we dealing with something cultural here? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think so. The world has gone so, the world is so similar now, but maybe. Yeah. No entiendo. But, but, se, but 17, 17 and a half still seems, still seems really young, Victor. And, and you're going to have the rest of your life. Look at your parents and your grandparents. You're going to have the rest of your life to be married and to play the role of a husband. But you only have right now to be 16 and mm-hmm. 17 and 18 and 19. You only have this short, tiny window of life where you are a teenager and you could make mistakes and it's okay because you could recover from a mistake. When you're married, mistakes, they're, they hit a lot deeper and, and they have a deeper, farther reaching consequence on a mistake that you make when you're married. And I'm talking about a mistake like you make a bad investment or you, you buy a, a new trunk that's actually a lemon and it breaks down and you, and it was, you shouldn't have paid that much for a truck. Okay, stupid mistake as a teenager, but at least you didn't bring her into this now. It's not her problem. So that, that's what I'm talking about. There's all kinds of, you you go off and you take a crazy job offer that's a risk, that's low money, but it has a high potential and it ends up being a dud and you lose everything. It's okay as an 18-year-old, mm-hmm. that's okay to lose everything. If you're married you don't want to lose everything. You have more to lose. You're going to experience this for maybe 60 years. You're going to be married and you're going to have a responsibility of not only her, but kids and, and God willing grandkids. And you, you have to tighten up this ship when you're, when you're doing that. But right now you could be a loose cannon, loosely speaking. Yeah. Let's let's just for the fun of it. Let's shift the landscape of what we're talking about here, or the um, the scene. Uh, Victor lives on a plot of land that his family has owned for generations. His grandmother and grandfather live on the property. They got married when they were seventeen. His parents got married when they were seventeen. They all work on this farm in the mountains together. Um, their, their school is kind of like, uh, just a, a little bit, 
or it was just different than here. Like they go, they go to school and then they go work in the afternoons and it's like this apprentice kind of growing, which sounds kind of awesome actually. Um, But what if that, what if that is the context here for Victor? Is the answer the same? This back to this is a cultural thing. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's what's the question. What if the culture is is like that, no, that if that's a scene you're right what would the advice you're be right like? and so the answer is not so then if that's the situation then we just go straight to his question i want to make more money than just my salary what advice do you give me okay right <laughs> like we got way off of his question and yeah, just yeah, yeah threw yeah. something at him that yeah hey Victor, we're like whoa 16 hold on buddy <laughs> man i love let me say too i love the mexican culture so much i love it i love I love the culture. I love the music. I love the food. I love the work ethic. I love the architecture and the colors and the. I love. I love the Mexican culture. So I want to come visit you. I want to take you up on your offer and go to Durango, and uh, you come here to the Yigi Farm, and you spend some time with us, and you seem like a really cool kid, and you could work for me. That would be amazing. You come work for me. That's the answer for some. You, you can come work for me too if you were looking for options. Yeah, yeah, like, we'll we'll just, work for both, one of us. You both of us, and we'll <laughs> trade. We'll trade. You know, we'll come stay at, at your ranch. That would be fun. okay. But um, that's not his, none of this is his question. His question is he wants to make more money right now in Durango as a farmer, mm-hmm. as a sixteen-year-old. What advice do you give? Parentheses: Getting married is expensive. So the goal: make more money so that I can get married. Because it costs money, right? Mm-hmm. Tying those together. So doing yeah. it for his girl, which is mm-hmm. admirable. Um, I, I think, well, okay, let's just break this down to, he's got a boss, I'm sure, right? Yeah. If we're talking about practical ways that you can make more money, okay, if I have people come to me all the time, I want to make more money, right? <laughs> um, employees. And it's almost like, okay, well, you need to find ways to add value to the company that you're a part of. So the farm team, whatever it is that you're a part of, you have to find ways to add value to that. And that could be, I'm going to take these um, very specific tasks and responsibilities off the plate of my supervisor, that person. Yeah. So then they get more freed up. And I'm therefore, if I get pulled out of this company... There's a lot more that's at stake. My employer does not want to lose me because replacing me is going to be really difficult. Make it difficult to be replaced. Mm-hmm. That's how you make more money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is great. So that's, that's in the context of staying in your same job right now and be someone they can't replace. Be someone that, that knows how to work the generator, that knows how to work the, the truck, that knows how to repair the tractor. You're the guy that knows just about everything there on the farm. And you want everyone to think, well, I mean, we, we got to cut back. Who should we cut back? Well, definitely not Victor because I need him in seven different things. So there's that. Um, if you don't want to be part of the farm doing this, then, I mean, there's, there's stuff like Uber. Can you drive Uber when you're 16? Don't know. Last time I went to Mexico, one of the ranch hands that I was working with, this reason I even thought about it. He t- I said, what do you do for extra money? And he said, he drives Uber. Mm-hmm. And that was in uh, Sonora. So uh, I don't know if you could drive at 16, but there's there's a lot of things that you could do. Like you clock out from the farm and then you clock in on the Uber app and mm-hmm. you, you start that. 
Um, but basically, it's a great question, man, and we wish you the best, and we both think that you shouldn't get married right now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless that your grandma yeah. and your great-grandma and your mom and everybody and your family all lives together, and that's kind of the thing, and you have that support, and that's cultural differences. And Tell them you want you need to go on a, a, a work trip to Texas and work for your buddy Granger. Yeah, that's so you can't get married right now, but you're going to go on this on this trip. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Victor. Appreciate you, brother. Um, Here's oh, I just saw your name. Where was that? I literally just saw your name. Here it is right there. Granger slash Bernie. I need some advice. Hey, Granger and guest parentheses, hopefully Bernie. My name is Nick. I'm 18. I'm about to start college as a heavy diesel mechanic. I've had jobs since I was 15, and now I have a pretty good job. Uh, and it bring it has brought me plenty of good things. And I've always wanted to be, you know, I've always wanted to get a bass boat. But uh, I buy things that I probably don't need. And I, but I, so I'm trying to read your writing, brother. But I do it anyway and feel like I regret it afterwards. So you buy things that you don't need and then you regret it. I look at others and what they have at my age, and I always think I could do better. I struggle at saving money, and I know I need to grow up fast and start a life. It just seems like no matter how much I have, I feel like I don't have enough. I feel like I, I, like no matter how much money or materialistic things I have, I feel like I fall short sometimes. I struggle at saving money. I struggle at looking at everything else that everyone has, and I struggle at looking what I have as a blessing. I always look to the Lord. That will never change. Lately, I can't seem to find happiness. Please help. Thank you. This was uh, Nick. This email got worse and worse as it went on. Mm-hmm. Like it, it starts off, it's like, things are pretty good. I got a good job, but I just wish I had a bass boat. And then it ends up the very end saying, I can't find happiness. Or right before that, he said, I always look to the Lord and that'll never change, which I'm going to challenge that, brah. Yep. Because Do if it. your heart is in that place of like, there's no contentment and you feel like you need that, you need that, you're not talking to the Lord because God's going to be like, you don't need that, bro. All you need is me. Hey, right here, right here. Don't worry about all that material stuff. Like, Man, I heard a guy say the other day that we we go to Jesus at the beginning. We go to Jesus for him to fulfill our needs. And then we later find out He's all we need. Mm. And that that is so true. It's like, hey, hey, Jesus, everyone's been talking about you. I really need you to help fix this. Mm. Or I need you to help fulfill this. Or help me get more of this. Or help this person to get well. And then the more we develop in our faith, we realize, Jesus, you're just all I need. Yeah. I, I feel like Piper said, I read something recently, um, don't pray because you want God to meet your needs. Pray because it glorifies God to meet our needs. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, hey, uh, this. It, so I, I think the point is, is like, there's a posture here that I think is um, just a little off balance. Yeah. With Nick. so the the specific question though is, how do I? Well, it got worse and worse, but right. but the the problem seems to be the source of he. Two two things. One, he looks at everyone else like they're doing better than him. Mm-hmm. And two, he buys things that he doesn't need and then regrets it later. Okay. 
I wonder how long later, because if you start using Amazon, you can always like, you know, you got a little window of time, you can just hit refund <laughs> yeah. and return that thing. It's like, okay. Um, or you can just ship it back, you know. Um, but hey, I am encouraged by this guy. I mean, he is, um, I can tend to have this like negative perception of the next generation, but we have a lot of teenagers that write in and they're all hard working. Yeah. And they'll do, they'll do a lot of the stuff that... Most folks don't want to do, and they'll get jobs and they'll work full time too. I'm doing this. I'm doing. It's like, man, that's that part's encouraging. You just got to use that energy towards something else besides trying to, you know, fulfill your material. Yeah, he says he's about to start college to be a heavy diesel mechanic. That's a great job. Yeah, that job is is very plentiful to get a job like that. They're in high demand. There's so much truck, so many trucks on the road, um, so many diesel engines on the road, or or generators, or what? You're you're just going to be in a high demand position. So you're 18. We could almost say the same thing as we said to Victor. The great thing, man. The great thing, Nick, is you can afford to make mistakes now. Mm-hmm. See that, Victor? Here's a good example. Nick, his he's having financial struggles, but in the end. He's 18 and it's okay. This is when this is when these kind of mistakes, this kind of exploration financially is okay. Like, ah, I bought this stupid thing that I thought was cool and now I regret spending $134 on this and I don't even really use it. Okay, cool. Learn from that because you don't have a wife and kids yet that depend on you to make those decisions right. So there's a lot of positive here, and yeah. it's a good example yeah. of, for Victor because Victor was looking at getting married at the same age that Nick is now, mm-hmm. and Nick is struggling. And and man, Nick, you're struggling rightly because I I was 18. I wasn't I was an idiot. I was an idiot, 18 year old. Mm-hmm. I always think of this in my teenage years. I think in terms of I had blinders like a like a horse. Like I had those horse blinders where all I saw was just the next step ahead of me. I didn't see anything to the right or left or up or down. And I didn't see the world going on around me. I was hard-headed, hard to learn, hard to improve because I had these blinders on. And I think I think that's actually part of the brain development. Like there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's doctors that'll say, yeah, your brain's not fully developed. Yeah. Those frontal lobes are not yes. connected yet. Yeah. yeah it scares the crap out of me for my kids growing up. It's like, wait. Right? So th- that's when I want to relate this back to Victor and just say, look, Victor, look at Nick. You know, here's the question right here, man, making some, making some mistakes that are okay. These, these are not devastating things. And you're asking the right questions. Like Bernie said, you're learning just like Bernie said, I don't think you're leaning into the Lord like you say that you are. I always look to the Lord and that'll never change. I don't see the fruits of that in your question. I don't see I don't see very much evidence of a of giving your life to a savior the way that you think you might be. Right. Did I at at 18? No. So dude, you're not in you're not in a different boat than I ever was in. But I just want to point that out that you can't add that sentence unless you can have some fruits of that and go I've given, I've give, I look to the Lord, like you said, I look to the Lord, and here is evidence of looking to Him. Here's the evidence of it. There's, what's, what's the evidence? Peace, hope, and joy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you should immediately be able to say, I see evidence, maybe not 
fully fulfilled, but I see evidence, slivers maybe, of peace, hope, and joy in my life. But the next thing you said was, I can't find happiness. Yeah. And let me just tell you that no matter how much money you do end up making as a diesel mechanic or the CEO of some big company, like material things are never going to fill you the way that you're thinking it will. Boom. Um, and it's, it's just not going to do it. So don't, you know, there's a ton of people in history, me included, probably Granger too, that have, you know, we, we've chased that and thought that it could do it. It can't. Don't do it. If any advice you listen to, just don't chase that materialistic, hey, if I just had more money, I could buy this thing and it would make me happy. It's not going to happen, okay? The price tag of what you want always goes up relative to what you're making at the time. That's right. Always. <laughs> That's right. So if you think $134, my example earlier, is a lot right now, that's going to be $734 five years down the road, and then it's going to be $1,345 down the road, and then you're going to look at something that's 13000 and then you're going to go, this is crazy, it's 13000 and then you're going to be buying a house, and, and then it's just ungodly amount of money that you're spending here. It doesn't change. It's relative to what you make if you don't fix the problem at its source. Yep. And one of the problems we see here is you're looking to others, and we know from human experience that never works. You could, oh, it doesn't matter. You could look at me and go, oh, he's a, he's a singer and he has, he's had mild success in music. So now he could just do whatever he wants. You think I don't look and go, Justin Timberlake, man, is crushing it. You think Justin Timberlake doesn't go, man, Elvis just had it, man. He had, guys, it never, there's never a cap to it. And guess what happened to Elvis? Died. Because of this, y'all, he died. Mm -hmm. He died because, because material things never fulfilled his happiness that he thought they would. So it's a, yeah, it's a dangerous circle, man. It's a dangerous circle, and it's just self-discipline. Giving yep. it to the Lord, like you said. Look to the Lord and say, God, I'm struggling with this. I'm giving it to you. And you could give any struggle. You fill in the blank of your struggle. God, I'm giving it to you. Yeah, I feel like this—what um, was this guy's name again? Nick. Nick. I feel like Nick may have this backwards um, by his, like, he kind of, you know, in a secondary kind of way slips in. I looked at the Lord and everything. Um, I, I was just talking with a buddy of mine who is going through a really tough season, and he was saying all of these things. And he's like, and I know that these things are affecting my walk with God. And then I said, well, hold on a second, man. Um, I feel like your walk with God right now may actually be affecting those things. That's not a secondary thing. You looking to the Lord is not a secondary thing. That is what is affecting your lack of happiness. Mm. That is what is affecting your, your situation. Your lack of looking to God is what is causing a lot of these issues. The discontentment yes. and the need. I, I'm trying to fill this. It's like, if we believe in our belief system that if you are truly looking to God in all things and looking to glorify Him with your life, not just with the small little parts here, every square inch of it, you're like, have it, that you're not going to have these overwhelming desires for material things. It's just not going to be there. Like, and, and, it, and if they do come, it's a flash in the pan that you you put out really quickly with your grace is sufficient. God, you are all I need. Like, provide what I need. Give me this day my daily bread. 
Not the bread for the next hundred years and not a big house to put it in. Just give me my daily bread. That's it. Ooh, that's good. So. That's good. Moving on. There's nothing else that could be said about that question. That's great, Nick. Okay, here's one. Um, it says, it's a very short one. It says, hey, Granger, I wear a mask to school and I don't want to. I also want to quit school. Quit school. <laughs> Did you read that? No, no. Read this with me. I have a mask. I have I wear I have to wear a mask to school and I don't want to. I also want to quit school. I also want to quit school too. Well, first of all, we need to stay in school based on yeah, like the, it like <laughs> elevated with it just two questions it just like elevated all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, um this is this is it comes from Aaron. Um okay. don't know how old he is, don't know where he is. Okay. But but um yeah, where you want to go with this one, man? <laughs> like, I feel like we could go a lot of different directions with this one. Hey, Aaron, shut up. Stay in school. Yeah, by the grammar in your email too, you need to be in school, bro. So, hey, we try we try so hard to to reveal our full heart in this podcast, and we try to in in a, in a ultimately an offended world, an easily offended world. We try not to offend. But there's a limit to what we could say that inhibits us to to get to the truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, Aaron, you need to hear the truth, dude. Suck it up. Stay in school. Yeah, absolutely. You know that school is good for you and it's beneficial, right? Yeah. So let's talk about or let's relate it to like cold showers. You know, do you, I take yes, cold showers? Yes. You take cold. Okay, I could say the same thing as your email. I have to take cold showers. And I don't want to. That is true. Mm-hmm. In order to, you know, feel this benefit that I, the thing that I feel is beneficial, I have to take cold showers and I don't want to. I also want to quit taking cold <laughs> showers. That is true, but you're not going to gain the benefit. It's not the best thing that you feel like you, I mean, you have to make the decision. You want to quit school, quit school. Yeah. But it's not the most healthy, beneficial decision in your life at this point. Let me say something. If that's the reason. Let me say something that's super unpopular, but I'm speaking to young people. Listen, listen to me, young people. And if you ever want to be a leader, if you want to change society, if you want to break the norm of culture, first you need to learn to follow culture and conform to it. You have to conform and be part of culture and be identical to everyone around you if you ever want to break out and be a leader of it and change it. Guys, that's a human fact. It's like you're saying you got to under you got to understand yes. the current before you really know how to swim upstream. It's the old yeah. if you okay. want to be a leader, you first have to learn to follow. Yeah. And you can't there is no leadership without being a follower first. It doesn't happen. Think of the military terms. When when I went to the core at Texas A&M for example, that's what I know. As freshmen, the first thing we did is we got a buzz cut. We had to throw away or pack away and send off any clothes that we had that didn't look the same as everyone else. We had to wear a uniform that was identical. No one got anything special. No one got any different shoelaces or different watch or different belt. Everyone looks the same because it's a, the core at A&M is a leadership program, just like the military, where you, they know that in Navy SEAL training, whatever, they break you down to the core human first. 
They get rid of any human identity that you might have, and they conform you to the people around you. Then as you grow and you learn, you're able to take on what you've learned from that conformity and break out from it and lead people out of it. What's my point, Aaron? Wear the mask. Why? Because it's the rule. I don't care what you think that it's going to, you are going to change the world by being the one at 16 years old, guessing your age, that steps out and says, I don't wear a mask because I'm going to change the world. No one will believe you because you're not believable yet. Mm, That's good. Yeah. Wearing the mask is the standard. You've talked about, I think you, you and Parker may have talked about this in the last one, like wearing the mask right now at your school is the standard. Your feeling is that you don't like it. And so if if my if the standard goes against how i feel then i'm just not going to my action is going to be based on my feelings which you guys did a great job go back and listen to that podcast on kind of like uh encouraging people don't you can't trust your feeling you can't be led by feeling yeah this is the standard do the hard things and and, and if we're speaking to that generation i don't think it's this next you know like the gen z or millennial i don't think it's just i think this has been for history, they call them hard things because they're hard. Like yeah. they're hard to do, but do the hard things. They're so beneficial for yeah. you. Yeah, man, that's so good. Don't take my these statements out of context from me and Bernie. We're not talking about the old congressman or the old senator or the old the old man down the street that's been through everything. I'm talking to you, Aaron, in school right now. You're still learning conformity. And that, that word yep. is so unpopular right now. But if they tell you to wear a purple hat, because that's the rules to stay in school, follow the rules until you're out of school. Yep. Then you'll be a leader one day. Then you'll be a man. Let's take a break. Podcast is brought to you guys today by Raycon. It's never too early to start shopping for the holidays, especially because today you could save big on a gift that they'll use every single day. That's Raycon wireless earbuds. I love me some Raycons. I've been wearing them ever since I started talking about them on this podcast. And having quality earbuds is real important to me, especially as a musician, as a podcaster, and as a traveler. These are essentials in my backpack to, to I could always stay up to date, stay stay focused on what I'm doing, what I'm working on when I'm on an airplane or listening to music, listening to mixes. Listen to this. With seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise-isolating fit, you could start listening right away and keep listening for hours. The audio quality is amazing compared to what you might get from other premium brands, except Raycon starts at just half the price. The new everyday earbuds come in three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best with just the right amount of bass. It has pure mode, which is podcast listening, blues, instrumental. It has balanced mode for podcast listening, rock, heavy metal, and bass mode for like hip-hop, EDM, reggae, stuff like that. Raycon offers eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. That's incredible. There's also a built-in mic, so you could take calls in your earbuds. It's just the press of a button. So this holiday season, get them something they could actually use for calls or music, for work or play, at home or on the go, and pick up a pair yourself. Trust me, you're going to use them every single day. Go to buyraycon.com slash Granger today and unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off your Raycon order. But hurry, this offer is available for a limited time only, and you don't want to miss it. That's buy. Raycon, that's R-A-Y-C-O-N 
com slash Granger to unlock up to 20% off your Raycons. Buyraycons.com. Excuse me, buy Raycon, no S. Buyraycon.com slash Granger. You won't regret it. Back from break. Burned, I just thought about something on that last question. Mm-hmm. One last thing I said, don't take it out of context. One more thing to not take out of context is we're not talking about morality or a moral code or the Ten Commandments. You know what right. I mean? Yep. It, yep, yep, yep. If you were told as a kid to murder someone, and that goes against your moral <laughs> code, which hopefully it does, you don't do it. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking okay. about. Okay. I just had to be totally clear, and just in case anyone goes, what if they tell you to, to kill somebody? Yeah. Are we supposed to conform? Maybe, yeah, maybe that is just the double-edged sword of living in this generation, the digital age, as we live in kind of these sound bites that can be so taken out of context. Right. And it's like, there's nothing you can do, man. Yeah. And we're not talking about morality. We're talking about clothing. Yeah. It's, okay. We want to go there. If they tell you to dress like a girl on purpose, that's technically going against your ethics also. Right. So it's not totally yeah. clothing. Yeah. There may be some time where the thing that you're a part of is something that you just have to leave, right? Yeah. Um, but in this context, we're assuming that the school that they are going to is where their parents have sent them, yep. that this is a good choice. And this is more just like immature rebellion, like, I don't want to do that. So I'm not, I'm going to quit. Yeah. I'm going to take my ball and go home kind of thing. It's like, nah, here's a total, that. total switch gear here. Do you believe there's someone for everyone? Hey, Granger, this isn't something I talk about much, but it crosses my mind a lot. Do you believe that there's someone for everyone in this world? Genuinely curious on your thoughts, because I've always thought, I've always thought so, but the older I get, the more that that thought changes for me. Relationships don't come easy for me. It's been 13 years since I've been in a relationship. I've adapted to being alone, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't like to be with someone to share my life with. Uh, it's it's also been so long because for most of my life, I felt that I couldn't be who I really was with my family and didn't have to, didn't have the courage to come out to my family until five years ago. I'm almost 33 and beginning to feel as if there was no one out there for me. Thanks for taking the time to answer. Sarah from Ohio. Is she talking about she's homosexual? I read that little part one more time because, yeah, it's... Um, I don't think that's her question, but she may be gay. She may be saying... It's been it's been so long because most of my life I felt like I couldn't be who I really was with my family. I didn't have the courage to come out to my family to fight. I, I think that's okay, what she's so, yeah. Okay. But I don't think that's her that's problem. The question, the so, question is, is there's somebody for everybody? My, my, my immediate answer to you, Sarah, is no. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think that, the, that there's like this cosmic, mystic idea that there's one person on the globe and then there's another person and they're just like, there's some like karma that just draws them together magically. And if you miss that chance, you're never going to see that person. Um, so that, my answer is no. I like We said this earlier, or maybe we said it on another podcast, that love is a decision. Mm-hmm. And you, you're... You you base it on your compatibility, and you you measure them and th- how they measure up to your life. And when it's a match, you make the decision, go all in. Let's love. 
Yeah, I think in a culture that is uh, that idolizes and puts relationships on a pedestal like marriage and companionship, that that is the goal. So that can very much make people feel like, well, if I don't have someone, then I'm not I'm not reaching the goal. I'm not doing what the culture tells me is the most important thing. Totally. But I don't think that's right. I mean, Jesus wasn't married. Paul wasn't married. There's, I mean, people throughout history that you can think, yeah. they just had a different goal. Called, called to singleness. They, they had a different goal in mind. And so I think that you probably have to just consider what's, what's your goal. Um, I don't, I, I agree with Grizz, like just on a basic level, there's, I don't think that there's like the one out there for for everybody. I think that there's a lot of folks that will live a single life their entire life and they can be extremely joyful in that. Yeah, totally. So, I, I mean, let's speak into a couple more things she said in the back half of this email. Um she said she's adapted to being alone. I just want to say this. I want to speak to to everyone that might be in the situation. First of all, Sarah, props to you for adapting to be alone because we get a lot of emails that say the opposite. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I just can't be alone. I don't know what to do. So you've learned it. I saw, this is where I'm gonna speak to everyone. I saw a long, long time ago on TV. I think it was that, remember that TV show Bonanza? Like that old oh, yeah. Western show? Yeah. Bonanza. I remember there was this one random scene. It just like burned into my brain. But they go up to visit this old man on that lived in a little cabin on a mountain. And one of the guys told the old man, they said, man, you live here? It must be really lonely. And the old man, boom, burned in my mind. He looked right at him and he goes, it's better to be lonely alone than lonely with somebody else. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I mean, like, can, oh, we can apply that to our so lives good. all across the board. It's better, better to be lonely alone than lonely with somebody else. So I'm speaking to you, Sarah. That's really you, good. You, you've adapted to being alone, but that, that doesn't mean that it's going to be better just because you're with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to speak to this part about... Um, I couldn't be who I was around my family. That's I hate I hate that. That mm-hmm. I hate that that anyone that anyone just can't no matter no matter the situation that you're not allowed to be upfront. Be honest. Because yeah, things could get fixed and kicked up and I was thinking about this. Okay, I'm gonna go deep for a second. Do it. Yesterday was super windy in Austin, Texas. Crazy windy. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how God made the world and and all the systems of the world and how perfect it all is. And I was thinking, what would happen if there was no wind? Like if it didn't exist, if it was never part of creation, it the world would probably end, I think. I'm not a scientist, but I think the world would not survive without wind. It carries yeah. seeds across oceans. It fertilizes fields. It moves, moves clouds, clouds to, to yep. rain, um, flocks of birds. So much of the of the the TikTok of the world is conformed by wind, and and it wind also just knocks the dead stuff loose, mm. like trees. They couldn't survive without 
the wind just knocking all that dead leaves and branches and and all the plants and th- it just kicks it around and breaks it loose and separates the dead stuff and that's what that's what being honest with your family does too mm. nothing is going to ever change the dead stuff and things aren't going to get fixed or, or or helped at all if it just there's no wind stays silent man that's so good that is really really good do you make that up <laughs> yeah i actually did <laughs> Goodness gracious, Sarah, man. thank you for emailing. You should be a public speaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, or write a book or something like that. Burns, you want to go to new baby advice, termination from jobs, girl help and faith, extreme sexual curriculum in school. What, which, what, what makes Ooh, you Oh, boy. Grizz, I'm going to go where you take us, bro. Mm. I'm going to go where you take us, man. This is the Granger Smith podcast. Not the Bernie pick. I think just to change subjects completely, let's go to new baby advice. Okay. Hey, Granger and guests. I would have picked the sex one, so it was probably better this way. Okay, we can still do that after this. (laughs) Uh, I currently have a a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and a seven-week-old son at home. Ooh. I want to bond with my son and grow our relationship, but I feel bad about taking time away from my daughter when she may not understand why I'm taking time away from her to hang out with my son. Working Monday through Friday and the normal adult chores on the weekend don't help the free time I have to split my time between both kids and my wife. Any advice on how to bond with my new son without feeling like I'm the weakened, that I'm weakening the relationship with my daughter? Thanks so much for the advice. Tyler from Ohio. He said, this podcast has pushed me to get a Bible and start to read it every morning. So thank you for that. That's awesome, man. Um, it's a, Man, it's a good question. And I, I, feel, I feel for Tyler. I feel this. And, but man, the fact that he's asking it means that he's not going to do any wrong here, right? Mm, absolutely. Can we assume... Um, that mom is in the picture or not in the picture from what he's saying. Yes. Because I think yeah, he says, um, um, I don't want to split the time between my kids, both my kids and my wife. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that that's just a natural part of life. Would you agree that you, as you add another member to the family, your time and your attention just has to be divided. Yeah. There's no, there's no way that you can give equal hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like you, you just can't. So you, you just, you're doing the right thing. You're asking the right questions. You're, you're digging into the word, which is awesome. It's going to help guide your, um, you know, ability to discern like what they need and how to serve your wife and how to lead your family. But I think you're just going to have to feel it out and 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 be aware of man am i being really selfish with my time because i said on the podcast that i didn't want to like neglect the time here and here but really 50% of my time's going to myself yeah and then i got little time here little time there start to just examine those things and i i think you'll i think you'll be okay I, we've we've both been through that struggle of the new baby Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, Grizz, you're in it right now, yeah. new baby. Yep. And so, so let's just tough. go practically speaking, because I've already said Tyler that I think 
you can't go wrong because you're a dad that cares enough to ask this podcast that, that, mm -hmm. that says something. It, you're aware of that there's something going on here. But let's just go practically speaking. You know, boom. First, don't neglect your wife. She's first. Make her first. Make her more important than both kids. Your kids are very important, so she better, better be very, very important. You know what I mean? She's got to be really high. So don't neglect her and don't, don't split your free time more to them and less to your wife. That's going to hurt you in the long run. And real quick, because that also, I think we forget that, that ministers to our kids. Like yeah, the, our, yeah. our, our relationship with our wife is our number one ministry. Period. We think like even guys that are in full time ministry, pastors, or our work is our ministry. It's like the way that we serve and speak to and treat our wives is our number one ministry that people will look at and say, wow, that represents the gospel. Or, man, that's, yeah, I don't, I'm, totally. I'm, I'm so confused how he can speak about you know, Jesus loving the church as his bride, and but yet he treats his bride. That's so confusing. It's like, no, that's our number one thing, and it ministers to our kids too. So yeah, it has so to the, be first. The next step, just practically speaking right now, Tyler, your son, there's not much bonding you could do with him. There's way more bonding you could do with a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter right now than you can with your son. Once again, Bernie and I are assuming a, a normal situation your family, you have the family nucleus that's, that's your wife is not divorced. That's, I don't know. I think he's with her. But anyway, if that's the case, the baby needs mommy right now more than you. It doesn't mean that you can't help her out and take her out of your hands, but he's really more, I'm speaking from my own experience right now. He's more of a household chore right now than your son. Really? He will be, Right. Very soon, but I but I think once again, practically speaking, the daughter you could speak more fatherhood into her right now as a two and a half year old, daddy daughter dates, ice cream dates, get in the car, go to the park dates, which will also help relieve the pressure from your wife and clear the house a little bit so she could get some stuff done with the baby, and you're constantly going fishing or to the park to the swing set to the the ice cream shop. I think those kind that bonding will will pay back dividends in y'all's relationship now more than a seven week year old son who is closer to an alien than a human. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, and and hopefully you're Tyler. You're having these conversations with your wife. That's number one. Like, hey, babe, I'm kind of feeling torn. Like, I'm not able to bond, and like. Maybe you guys work out a system, and maybe she feels the same about the two-and-a-half-year-old. Man, I'm just doing this baby stuff. I don't feel like I get time with the daughter. And mm -hmm. so communication is is going to be really important. So yeah. get, on, get on the same page. Yeah, don't, Get a plan. Don't take me out of context. I'm not saying don't bond with your son and don't hang. The bonding you do right. with your son, though, is one-sided, your side. You're That's bonding right. with him. He could care less. Yep. <laughs> He's not there yet. Yeah, he's not there. But the two and a half year old girl, she is, and she loves ice cream. Yep. Okay. You wanted to go to the sex one. Yeah. Why not? Hey, Granger and guest. I'm from North Carolina. I've been seeing in the news lately a lot about curriculum in school. 
specifically the literature that they are required to read. Some of those books are extremely sexual and perverse. My own daughter has had to read a book in high school that depicted incest and rape. My question to y'all is, what is your opinion on the curriculum in school? And do you think our kids are being overly sexualized by just about everything, i.e. social media, school, internet, parents, etc.? I have a problem with the way things are going in the world. Thank you for your time. Keep up the good work and all that you do. This is Christy from North Carolina. Man, I was literally thinking about this on my drive up here. Hmm. I was literally thinking about a question like this because I know that this stuff is happening and, and parents are asking, they're seeing these things, they're responding this way. And so I, guys, again, I don't know if this is right. This is just my thought, me and Grange with you sitting around a campfire, just kind of spitballing, right? I feel like as parents, we can tend to want to prepare the path for our kids instead of preparing our kids for the path, right? You've yeah. heard that before, right? Yeah. So in this situation, but I feel like what that can do is it can manifest itself to, I don't know enough about the subject and the information, and this could be about faith, this could be about you know politics, this could be about anything. I'm not willing to take the time, because everybody's busy, I'm not willing to take the time to actually think about what I believe about this situation and what's being taught. I'm not taking the time to formulate an opinion that is founded in truth so that I can have a conversation with them about what is being seen and what we believe and what is true. So therefore, I'm just going to say, well, that's bad. I don't want to put that in front of them because then they're going to ask me and I don't know what to say. It's self-preservation. I don't think you've ever been this excited about a question. I don't know. In I, every podcast you've been on, this is the loudest your voice has ever gotten. I know. I don't know why. I'm sorry, guys. I just fired up. I think I think it is because it there is this, you know, and they hit on social media and media in general and digital age and everything. It is we are becoming less and less about thinking. And and that, yes, I am passionate about that. Because we are becoming more and more feeling-based and less like, okay, I'm going to just take a walk and think. I'm going to give my mind space. We don't do that. We cram it in with every possible moment filled with some kind of entertainment. We're not consuming or we're not producing any real thoughts. We're just consuming thoughts and ideas of others. And then we're letting that kind of like mold us into like parents that just want to prepare the path for our kids so they don't have to face anything and ask us about it. I'm off the soapbox, guys. I'm don't, sorry. I, I could attest what Bernie's saying is not a new idea from him. You've been saying this for years and years and years. And I could remember, it was probably six years ago, I remember you going off about this subject, <laughs> about Boston, your son, and how you're trying to teach him to contribute to the world more then he's taking from it. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And this is a long time ago. Because yeah. he, how old is he now? Like 11. 11. This is probably six, seven, eight years ago when he was pretty young. And you were just, you were just like really hyped up about this. Like, I'm trying to teach this kid to contribute to this world more than he takes from it. And you are, what you're hitting on is basically the idea of 
preparing your kid for the world versus protecting your kid from the world. That's right. Yeah. And we, we have learned, first of all, it's impossible to protect your kid from the world. It's impossible. But it is very possible to prepare them for it. If you don't teach them something, anything, I'm talking, it could be sex education or it could be throwing the baseball. If you don't teach them, somebody will. Who would you rather it be? You or somebody else that you don't know yet? So we need to stop relying on outside sources to teach it, to teach our kids anything that's important to us. It needs to first come from us. And if you, if you don't discipline, we could say the same thing about discipline. If you don't discipline your kids because you don't believe in discipline or you're you think it's too mean or whatever reason, somebody in this world will instead of you. So I ask again, who would you rather discipline your kid, you or somebody else? Because it's going to happen either way. And I'm not talking about, it doesn't necessarily have to be spanking. It could be a police officer is going to arrest them. Mm-hmm. That's discipline in some way. So if you don't, somebody will. So this is this, is this pattern Christy, you have a great heart. I know you do. And you you care about your kids. And I love this question. I love your email. So this is nothing on you. This, we're just generalizing the idea that we have to prepare our kids and stop trying to protect them because we can't. It's going to break loose somehow. They're going to learn. They're going to see. What were you talking about? Um, rape and what did she say? Incest, Incest and rape. Yeah. Your kids are going to see. Your daughter is going to see it whether the school shows it to them or not. So you want to prepare them. Hey, she's in high school. This is a this is a prime time to talk about it. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. And sometimes I've heard it put in this way. If you want to talk about something uncomfortable with your kids, put them in a situation where you don't have to look at each other. Oh, yeah. Like not That's at good. a table where you're looking. Instead, be on the front porch and you're both looking out. Or driving in the car. Driving in the, in the car. Seat. Yeah. Driving in the car, great example. That way there's no uncomfortable eye contact. You're driving is a great example. You're driving and you say, hey, I want to talk to you about something that's uncomfortable, but it's it happens and you're old enough you can understand it and it's rape or it's incest. Yeah. And if your kid is in high school, um, I would, and this is this is to all parents and this is to us and and we're in this struggle, guys, with you and... We're trying to encourage each other, all of us, to to do this. Don't don't, if at all possible, wait till they're in high school to start building these channels that you can connect with your kid on these things. If you start having the conversations in high school, I feel like the window of that trust, a lot of that has already passed. So, mm-hmm. but don't if they're in high school and you haven't done it, start. Just go ahead and start. Don't don't quit or you no. Know, don't just give up. Like try to engage in the conversations. But as early as possible, first, talk to your significant other, talk to your husband, talk to your wife, whomever, about, hey, when do we have this conversation? When, you know, Boston just went to middle school, started middle school, so we, before he started, we have some conversations that were uh, pretty uncomfortable, but it was, I was shocked with, like, the answers. He would just answer, and he was like, well, what about this? Well, what about this? I'm like, yeah, dude, like, come on, this is so uncomfortable, let's talk about it. Start as early as you can so that when they are, you know, getting older, it becomes a little more natural, but be on the same page with your spouse about, because there are certain things where it's like, if I, you know, showed pictures of 
rape to my son right now. I don't, if I can, there, there is a time that we can kind of protect them from certain things until their minds are at a place where it's like, okay, hey, we feel like you're going to start getting exposed to this. And yep. so we need, we need to talk about that. So we're not saying just like your toddler start, start showing them these pictures. That's not what we're advocating, but it's more of the open the channels of the relationship. You, you really want to get there, put your phone down. For the love of God, put your phone down. Put their phone down, okay? Be present with them. That's how these conversations are really going to happen. That's how you're going to understand what they're thinking and to read their body language because they're they're watching you. And if you're on your phone, then they're going to want to be on their phone. And who knows, you know, what they're going to be looking at and what they're exposed to. Like, and you're you don't have long to have those conversations, guys. So just try, I'm doing it myself, like just try to be present with them um, and try to engage in some of these conversations and make them strong. This is making them stronger and prepared. Preparing, preparing, not protecting. That's so good, Burns. And so Christy, be the, be the person to your daughter that she could bounce off all ideas to. So she, you are her source of truth right now until she's old enough to have her own source of truth. Be be her bouncing board where she say, hey, if you hear anything strange or interesting or weird, come to me and I'll talk you through it. And build that trust with her where she knows I can. Even though it's weird, hey mom, let me tell you about what I heard today. And then you could speak into her and go, yeah, remember we talked about this a couple years ago. And so this is what they're going to teach you. Now, this is what we believe in our family, and it could be that we could be talking about any subject here, but you have to build that trust. Don't ever rely on an outside source and outside your family to teach your kids anything first. I'm talking about football coach, baseball coach, volleyball. I'm talking about science. I'm talking about what? Okay, except mathematics. Okay, I'm going I'm to pass on math. <laughs> Teacher could teach first math because I'm not as good. Yeah. But... um Hey, it could be about history. I mean, anything. We 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 need to be able to prepare and stop worrying about protecting. Christy, I love your heart, and I think you're you're right on. Um, and I don't think you're, that you're doing this. I just think you're just you're being the wind right now, and you're kicking off some dead branches, which yeah. is great. Yeah, don't take them out of the fight. Go into the fight with them. That's, love that yeah. thought. Yeah. I love that thought. Before we get out of here, Burns. Yep. I want to give out just a couple shout outs. Um. Lance Osen, and I want to give him a shout out for being a long time, long time listener, and shout out to his boys, Vin and Bo. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Dakota Cagle, thank you for listening. Appreciate you so much, brother. Um, Tim Arnold, this is a birthday shout. So, birthday shout out to Tim Arnold. Thank you for listening. Um, Amanda Raina, Rainia, Amanda Rainia, Rainia. It is, uh, it's, it's your, this is your birthday shout out. Thank you for listening from New Jersey. And uh, Renita McCall, thank you so much for listening from North Carolina. Um, and Simon Thorpe, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening on all the different platforms that make you're coming sure you, from. Make sure you go and leave a review uh, for this podcast so Granger can continue world domination. Let's go. <laughs> Love you guys. Yee yee.
Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee.